If you have your Bibles tonight, turn to Galatians chapter number 6. Galatians chapter number 6. I appreciate the good testimonies this week, all of them. I appreciate the good singing. I enjoyed the fellowship today with the senior saints. Had a wonderful lunch to, together today. I think was, I counted 17, I think, together. Isn't that a blessing? And uh, we count, counted Aaron. Aaron came in on us kind of late there, but uh, I counted him too. So you count Aaron, amen, and uh, even though you're not a senior, amen, but uh, that's a blessing. Galatians chapter number 6, and and uh, I want to just, um, I, I got all these messages running through my, I thought about preaching a message um, out of Ecclesiastes on four things that Solomon went after. He went after wisdom, he went after women, he went after wine, and he went after wealth. And he just said, it's all vanity, it's all that stuff is empty. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity, it's all empty, you know. Now just be careful as you live your life that you're not chasing something that doesn't matter in the eyes of God. Amen. If you don't chase something, the Bible says, as a heart panteth after the water. We need to be, our souls need to be panting after God. My soul wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. Please don't put your expectations in people. Because people will let you down and people will change. Don't put your expectation in circumstances because circumstances will change. My soul, wait thou only upon God for my expectation is from Him. And by the way, broken expectation, when you think something's supposed to go a certain way and don't go the way you thought, that's what causes anger, broken expectations. Man, if I got my expectation in God, He don't ever change. Amen. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And uh, I thought about preaching on hell. I thought about preaching on four cries from hell. And just to have peace about any of those messages that I would kind of finish out with. So tonight, we're going to look in Galatians chapter number 6. And uh, I want to preach to you on what kind of brother are you. What kind of brother are you? I want to give you a little test tonight. And uh, as we kind of finish out the revival tonight. It's been a good week, hasn't it? It's been a really good week. And I'm telling you, uh, normally I'm just, man, I'm plowing. I just, I preach it on sin every, every message in a revival, okay? So I'm not preaching on sin tonight, but I'm going to give you a little test and try to help you, okay? And uh, the Lord knows what you need, so I'm just going to give you what, what I felt like you put on my heart. What kind of brother are you? It's a question. What kind of brother are you? Now, I'm going to give you some things tonight and uh, this little test. Number one, if you're taking notes, you can write down a faulty brother. A faulty brother. The Bible says here at the very first part of verse number one, brethren... You know, that's what you and I, if you're saved tonight, and I'm saved, I am saved, and if you're saved, that means we're brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? Amen. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We be brethren. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity, okay? It's just good when a church comes together. And I've heard that over and over again in the testimonies about the church family being there for each other. And that's a blessing. Brethren, if a man, watch this now, if a man be overtaken in a fault... We're talking about a faulty brother. Uh, that, what that means is overtaken means you got caught. Hey, there's some things that we've done as adults that we don't want our children to ever find out that we did. Are you, are you listening to me? There's no need for them to know that, okay? Uh, some of the things that we've done in the past, hey, I just it's under the blood of Jesus Christ, amen? And it just may be better that the little kids don't know nothing about that, you know? And uh, listen... Uh, a faulty brother, and uh, again, I'm giving you a list here. Number two uh, is a spiritual brother. Now, look at the second part of verse number one. It says, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, watch this now, 
That's the faulty brother. Number two, ye which are spiritual. Ye which are spiritual. Restore such an one in the spirit of meekness. Watch this now. Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Wow. Man, I, I, you know, I want to be a spiritual brother, okay? I want to be that brother that when a faulty brother goes down, that I'm kind of thinking, wow, it's the grace of God that I'm not the one that's down right now. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach down and I'm going to, by the grace of God, I'm going to help my brother get back up that, that's fallen. Why? Because I'm considering myself, that could, except for the grace of God, that could be me. I mean, I've preached in a lot of prisons, y'all, and I'm, I'm, in, I'm preaching at the, at the women's prison in Newport, uh, Arkansas, and, and uh, I'm preaching to women. All these women, they start filing in, and I'm there with Angel Parrish and, and Yvonne Brown with Rock of Ages Prison Ministries, these ladies years ago, and they, they have a song service and picking a guitar, and they're singing songs, and I'm looking out at 164 ladies, and I'm thinking in my mind, what if this was my, one of my daughters? What if it was one of my daughters? What would I, I mean, I wanted to help those ladies. And I preached on bitterness. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speak. And man, I'm telling y'all, God blew into that prison service. It was what I, what I call an old-timey snot slinger. I mean, it got out of the banks, amen, and ladies were weeping. I don't even know what all God was doing, but God was helping people that were faulty. I mean, hey, you commit a crime, you don't, 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 don't commit the crime if you can't do the time, you know what I'm saying? I mean, and they owed a debt to society. Why? Because they did something of the magnitude to go to prison over, and so, I mean, I'm not justifying the wrong that anybody d does, but I am saying this, that we that are spiritual, we ought to have a heart for those that, to help them get up because it's the grace of God that you're not sitting in prison tonight and then I'm not sitting in prison tonight. Are you with me on that, okay? And so we just got to be mindful that, man, God helped me uh, to be a, a spiritual brother, okay? A spiritual brother. Ye which are spiritual. Ye which are spiritual. Restore such an one in the spirit of meekness. You're not looking down your nose at them. You're doing it in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Number three, number one, the faulty brother. Number two is the spiritual brother. Number three is a helpful brother. A helpful brother. Look at verse number two. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear ye one another's burdens. Bear ye one another's burdens. Hey, if you need some help, call pastor. Call somebody in the church that they can help you. Are you listening to me? Because the Bible says, bear you one another. One of our men, his name's Clifton Barker, and Brother Clifton fell not long ago and he broke his hip. And I love Brother Clifton. I love him a lot. He loves Jesus. I'm telling you, he's a good man. But he's had a hard time. He hasn't been able to come back to church since COVID. He's had a lot of health issues and just he's just feeble. And he fell and broke his hip. And Miss Wilma, his dear wife, called and said, preacher, we got a doctor's visit on Tuesday. And we called around, and, and we can't find anybody that could build us a wheelchair ramp. I mean, you know, all the carpenters, everybody's booked out for weeks, and we need a wheelchair-like uh, ramp right now. And so, man, I got on the horn, and I called some of our uh, the Over the Hill gang. 
You know, some of the retired men in our church and three of them, Brother Bobby Chandler and, and, and Brother John Osgood and Brother Ricky Ball, those three men got together and they uh, and the church, I gave them the church credit card and I said, hey, here, go buy the materials and, 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 and y'all build, build them a, a wheelchair ramp. And, and man, they got over there, they went and bought the materials Brother Ricky did at, at, uh, at Home Depot and he had all those materials and they got over there at 6 o'clock on that Saturday morning, had the doctor's visit on the following Tuesday. And, and at 6 o'clock in the morning, those three men started on that wheelchair ramp. Just a straight run right out the front door and down over some steps. And you know what I'm saying? We just And man, they built that thing. They were through it. 9.38, they were through. Three hours and 38 minutes. Amen. Hey, what was that? Hey, they were just being a blessing. They was being a blessing. Well, you know, uh, the family that they did it for, they had the money to pay for it. You know, they weren't asking anybody to do it for, for nothing. But, man, the men that did it, they didn't do it for the money. Amen. They did it because they loved Jesus, and they did it to be a blessing. Are you with me? They did it to help bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. They did all that work as unto Jesus. Are you listening to me? I'm just asking you, hey, what kind of brother are you? Amen. What kind of brother are you? You know, sometimes, you know, it's kind of like be warmed and filled. Well, that don't help nobody. That don't help anybody. Well, we'll pray for you. That's a good one, isn't it? Really? That don't really, you know, I mean, yeah, pray for them, but hey, why, don't, why can't you do something for them? Man, I'll tell you we, we, uh, uh, we, we do a basket each year for our shut-ins around the holidays. Man, we do a, a basket. Man, we take it by and we sing to them. It's a blessing to, to be able to be a blessing to our shut-ins. We love them. We got people now, I've been there uh, 32 years and, and you know, a, a lot of the people are kind of getting up where they can't come anymore. And these are the people that tithe and give to missions and they love their pastor. And it's not that they don't want to come to church, they're just not physically able to come. And man, we love them. We love them. We love them. Our ladies are always doing things, you know, getting cards and signing. We're trying to do everything to let, let them know. I write a monthly church letter. Man, all those people get that church letter to know that, hey, we love you. We care about you. We call them. We check on them. We visit them. Why? Hey, listen, we want to be a blessing. Amen. We want to be a blessing, a helpful brother. Number three. Number three is the third brother here. Uh, number, number four, rather. Number one is a faulty brother. Number two is a spiritual brother. Number three is a helpful brother. Number four is a prideful brother. A prideful brother. Look at verse number three. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. Wow. When a man thinketh himself to be something, I call them little banny rooster Christians. You know, little banny, I'll drop kick a banny rooster over the, uh, over the barn, amen. I don't like roosters that attack me. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Some of them little roosters, man, they think they're, they're really something until they get drop kicked over the, uh, over the barn, you know. And uh, I'm telling you, they'll get you, you know. And they, you know, but they're little, but they really, man, they're, you know, they're like strutting their stuff and they're wanting a piece of you. Man, I don't do that. Well, I don't think you ought to kick a chicken. Well, don't kick one, but I'm not going to let one spur me and, and, and get me. Well, yeah, amen. I may be, be dumb, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> amen. Hey, listen. Uh, you know, pride, pride, pride. I'm talking about pride where you get too big for your britches. And listen, God hates pride. God hates pride. I mean, God says, hey, these six things that the Lord hates, yea, seven are a proud look. These big, big people that come to church and, and it's kind of like they got the peacock and tail feathers, you know, and they come to church to be seen of man. Yeah, no, that's not what liberty's about. 
Now we sing the song, just as, just as I am, without one plea. Oh, Lamb of God, I come to, hey, just come just like you are. I mean, we're just glad you're here. Amen. Amen, that's a blessing. I'm glad you're here in the house of God tonight. But man, pride, I, you know, I'm tenderhearted and everything, but I have problems with pride. I like to have fun too, but I have problems with pride. My son Joe and I, we was fishing in Lake Columbia. And I had kind of got the fishing report, you know, at the sporting goods store, and I bought me a red-eye shad lure. And, uh, man, I threw that thing out there a long ways, and, man, wham, you know, this big old bass hit my lure. And my son's like, you know, he fishes all the time. I don't fish. I wait till he gets the fish located, you know, because I like to catch him, amen. And, uh, well, anyway, so, man, I got this big old bass on, and my son's kind of coaching me and telling me what to do. And, you know, man, it, got, it jumped a couple times. It's a miracle that it didn't spit the lure back at us. But, man, I, we got him anyway weighed over seven pounds, seven pounds, big old bass. I got him hanging on my wall. And, you know, after we got him in, I said, son, and my, my son Joe's real humble-like. He's kind of quiet. He's not like Jake. Jake's more, well, y'all know Jake. Jake's not normal either. But anyway... So I said, Joe, I said, I said, son, is this the biggest bass we've caught this year? And he said, yeah, Dad. You know, like real humble, like, yeah, Dad, it's, it's the biggest bass. I said, wow, man, this is awesome. You know, and I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm really, my head is really swelling. And I'm thinking, yeah, you know, I got the biggest bass this year in the family, you know. Man, that was like in March, like April, May. Joe is night fishing over in Forest City, Arkansas, where his mother and father-in-law live. And he threw a black spinner bait. He caught a bass that weighed over 12 pounds. His bass, I mean the mouth on that thing, his bass looks like he could eat my bass. His bass, his bass weighed five pounds more than my bass. I mean, it looked like he could swallow my bass. Oh, I thought, Lord, I'm so sorry, Lord. Oh, God, forgive me for being so cocky and so proud. But we had fun with that. We was fishing one time over at Lake Chico. And uh, Joe was in his big bass boat with my brother Bob. And they're down one way. Well, me and this other man in the church, Brother Bill Switzer, we went down this other way. Well, we found this house where the water was running down off the hill and there was water running into the lake. Like a little current and everything. Man, those bass, Brother West, they were stacked up under there. And so my son calls me and he says, Daddy. And I said, yeah, Joe. I, I, he said, we run out of gas down here. Could you come get us? And I go, oh, oh, hold on, son. Oh, I'm on fish. I got one. And I had one on, man. I reeled it in. And I said, son, we can't come right now. I'm on fish, you know. And so <laughs> I'm laughing. And, you know, we're catching those fish. So we kind of fished a little bit, caught several more. Well, then we kind of took off, you know. And we're in this little fishing boat. He's in this big bass boat. So we pull up, and he's trolling, trying to get back to the landing where he can go get some gas. And so we threw him the rope from this little boat. And the little boat is pulling the big boat. And I'm in the little boat, and I'm like, who's your daddy? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm telling you, y'all, we got to get this pride. You know, I'm not just preaching to you, I'm preaching to me. We got to get this pride out of our life, amen. And even when we're having fun, it's still pride, amen. And, uh, but I'm just telling you, you know, we got to be careful, don't we? We really do got to be careful with getting all cocky and proud and thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. Let me give you the next one, number five. Number one's a faulty brother. Number two's a spiritual brother. Number three's a helpful brother. Number four's a prideful brother. Number five is a faithful brother. 
Boy, this has really come out in the testimonies this week. The faithful brother, look at verses 4 through 6. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. You know, I've been in Eldorado now for almost 32 years, and man, I, it's, it's unbelievable, y'all. It's a blessing. My wife, we're so excited. I mean, um, I go through the drive-thru at McDonald's and give the lady a track, and she said, Pastor, I used to ride the blue bus to Bible Baptist. My wife's in Walmart. She's giving track out. Uh, yeah, we used to ride the blue bus to, to Bible Baptist, and that's the church I pastor. You know, we got all these little bus kids that rode the blue bus. And they're all grown up now. We've been faithful. I can't even hardly go, and, you know, you can say celebrity status or whatever, but I'm telling you, I can't hardly eat anywhere without somebody picking up my tab. And I pick up other people's tabs, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of people. You know why? Because we've just been faithful. Amen. We've been faithful. Are you listening to me? We've been faithful, and God blesses faithfulness. Right. And God's faithful too, isn't he? Amen. He's been faithful, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. He's been real faithful. Amen. I'm glad for that. Amen. The faithfulness of God. But I want to be a faithful brother. And I appreciate. And I hope you're here two years from now. And hope we get to bring the youth choir if the Lord tarries. And all that. And we'd all be rejoicing in the Lord. And thanking God uh, for his faithfulness to us. And that we're faithful here in the house of God. And by the way, I love serving Jesus. I love it, y'all. I love serving the Lord. And preacher's right. Man, I love to travel and preach. And man, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's not something I have to do. It's something I get to do. You pray for me for wisdom and scheduling because I can overload my, my plate. And I'm not as young as I used to be. Amen. Man, all of that. Wow. A faithful brother. Just do what you're supposed to do and just be faithful to do it. Boy, I appreciate the faithfulness of the folks here at Liberty. What a blessing. Number six is a reaping brother. A reaping brother. Look at verses seven through nine. Verse number seven, be not deceived. These are real famous verses in the Bible. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh, watch this now, shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit, that's capital S there, reference to the Holy Spirit, shall of the Spirit <coughs> reap life everlasting. And then look at verse number nine. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Please don't faint. Please don't quit. Just keep on keeping on. Listen, just sow good seeds, sow good seeds, sow good seeds, sow good seeds. We order our gospel tracks right here. It's got a picture of my wife Deanna and I. It's got the Bible way to heaven on it. We order them 10,000 at a time. Man, we pass out tracks everywhere, all over. A man drove from from Cedar Hill, Texas the other day and he got one of our tracks and, and he drove from Cedar Hill, Texas and he don't even know who gave him the track but he got one of our tracks and he just wanted to go. He said, God put on my heart to come and thank whoever gave me this track. Probably one of our truck drivers putting a track out in Texas somewhere. You know what I'm saying? I mean, isn't that a blessing? Man, wow. A reaping brother. You reap what you sow. You reap uh, more or later than you sow and you reap more than you sow. You reap, reap according to how much you sow, okay? So don't be chinchy with God. Man, sow bountifully and you'll reap bountifully, okay? I just want to put good seed, good seed, good seed, good seed, good seed, and then eventually you're going to have a good crop come up, okay? Number seven, the last one that I want to give you tonight is this, and that's a loving brother. And that's come out in the testimonies this week, a loving brother. 
Look at verse number 10. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men. Unto how many men? All. Let us do good unto all men. Now watch this. Especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Wow. As we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. What kind of brother are you tonight? I'm asking you. A faulty brother, a spiritual brother, a helpful brother, a prideful brother, a faithful brother, a reaping brother, a loving brother. I'm asking you. I mess up all the time. I got under conviction the other day. Got under conviction the other day. I remember years ago, a friend of my dad's, a preacher friend of my dad's, he pastored in Houston, Texas years ago, and he messed up and he got disqualified from being a preacher because of the nature of the sins that he committed. Couldn't pastor anymore. Got in trouble. Bad trouble. And I remember my dad getting in his car and driving down to Houston. He couldn't condone what his friend had done, but a friend loveth at all times. A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. And if you were ever my daddy's friend, you were always my daddy's friend. It didn't matter what you did wrong. Are you, are you listening to me? I had a preacher friend of mine. You know, my dad's in heaven now. He led me to the Lord. So I'm a, I'm a PK. I'm a preacher's kid, but... A preacher friend of mine, he's rough. Y'all would love him, you know, but he's, he's rough. You know, got saved out of construction, you know, old construction worker and just kind of rough around the edges, but he was a good man. He's out under an old church bus and that bus fell on him. Broke his ribs and he's kind of, you know, and he dug his way out from under that old church bus. He dug his way out, you know, and he lived. He lived through that and, and I don't know how he lived. It fell so far, but it, it smushed him, but it wasn't, didn't kill him. And he dug his way out from under that church bus. Went to the hospital and all that, but in the process of all that going down, uh, he, he, he gave him pain medicines. Well, he'd had problems with pills and stuff back in the past. And man, he kind of got back on his old, that old track and his body and everything, you know, and started getting those pain pills. One thing led to another, then he messed up. My preacher friend messed up and he went to prison. What's amazing how we preachers are when something like that happens to one of us. It's real easy to it's real easy to condemn and all that stuff. And yeah, I always thought there's something about that guy, you know. And, and uh, you better be careful about all that mess, man. I'm telling you. I went to the ninth floor of the jail in Fort Worth, Texas, and he didn't know it was me coming. He thought it was an attorney coming. But man, when he walked in and saw it was me, he was in shock. But you know what? I'm sure I'm glad I went because it meant a lot to his children. His children said, Brother Weedo, when Daddy went to prison, he was the only preacher that came to see him. His wife, his wife, Miss Memory, said, Brother J.D., you're the only preacher. All his preacher friends, you're the only one that went to jail to see him. When he got out of prison years later, I was preaching a revival down in Texas, and I'd heard he got out, and I called him. And he came to that revival meeting. He came to that revival meeting. And oh, listen, he's serving the Lord today. He can't do what he used to could do, but oh, he loves Jesus. He's back on the firing line. 
I sure am glad that while he was down, I didn't mm, kick him. We're real bad about that, aren't we? Man, I don't want to be that kind of brother. I had another preacher friend of mine say, man, you got some wild preacher friends. Yeah, I do. Y'all know one of them. <laughs> had another preacher friend down in Louisiana, South Louisiana, and man, he had something pop up from way back in his past. And he went to prison likewise. Did some time and it was bad. Bad situation. His wife left him. He'll never be able to do what he used to could do, but I wrote him in prison, communicated with him. Now he's back serving the Lord. He's working with Dr. Marvin Smith up in Fort Dodge, Iowa in the ministry there. I love that man. He's a good man. He just made a mistake back when he was young. It caught up with him. Had to go to prison to pay for his mistake. Be sure your sin will find you out. Nobody's getting by with anything. Amen. There's a God in heaven that keeps good records. But just like David had his little fling with Bathsheba and he caught his heart right with God. God used him after that. And God's using both of my preacher friends. Are you listening to me? He's using both of them again. Not to the degree they, you know, it's not like that. A lot of collateral damage. But one preacher friend from down south Louisiana, one of his children kind of stuck with him. The other ones didn't, you know. They, it, just, it, was, it was a bad situation. And he said, preacher, he said, one day, one day I was in the grocery store and one of my daughters called me. He'd already gotten out of prison and all that. And, you know, life goes on. And he said, I was in a grocery store and I was walking down the aisle. My cell phone rang and it was one of my daughters. He said, just hearing her voice, just hearing her voice. Oh, it blessed my heart. Just hearing her voice. Daddy, oh yeah, he knew exactly who it was. I'm so thankful for people that, man, hey, what about Jesus on the cross? He said, Father... Forgive them for they know not what they do. And if he could find it in his heart to forgive those that nailed him to the cross, surely we could find it in our hearts to forgive those that have done us wrong. You're going to live with that pain, either in bitterness or forgiveness. I'm just choosing forgiveness. Amen. God said, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. I just want to be a blessing, y'all. I got my car Sunday afternoon and I drove up here. So why don't you come up here to Liberty? Because I wanted to be a blessing. I'm done, but let me tell you one more little story. Years ago with our bus ministry, I love the little bus kids. I love them. I love them, I love them, I love them. I pick up a little bus kid every every Sunday. His name's Jaquan. He rides with me to church every Sunday. He plays football now. He's in the seventh grade. Seven of our men, young men, went to watch Jaquan play, play football the other day. They got clobbered. His little team is terrible, but he's a big old boy. Man, he's tackled somebody. Man, we was all hollering for Jaquan. Amen. Jaquan's mama's in rehab up in Little Rock. She's all messed up, and brother's been in and out of locked up. We're just praying little old Jaquan to grow up and be something for God. Amen. Amen. We had this little girl. She started riding the church bus. She lived in a little trailer park right down the road. One of our bus workers went by on a Saturday and knocked on one of the trailers where Martha Hernandez lived, a little Mexican girl. A little Mexican girl. Man, little Martha couldn't speak English. She couldn't speak English. She grew up on a dairy farm in Mexico where her grandfather had a dairy farm in Mexico. Not New Mexico, but Mexico. And she came over to, to catch up with her mom. Her mom came to the States for work. 
And so that little girl, that little Hispanic girl, that little Mexican girl started riding the blue bus. Well, she's little. She's like eight years old. Well, she learned English really fast. And it wasn't very long. Little Martha got saved by the grace of God. We love Martha. As Martha grew up in our church, to go to camp every year, and man, she was just a blessing. She went to the public school, the Northlet, little public school behind, you know, where our church is at on the smack over highway. And, and man, little Martha's coming, going to, going to church camp and all this and riding the bus. And so as Martha got older, Martha said, Pastor, she's an athlete. She played softball and she played basketball for Northlet and all that. And she said, Pastor, she made the homecoming court. You know, football's real big in the South and she made the homecoming court. And, and she said, Pastor, would you be my escort to homecoming? And I said, Martha, what about your daddy? And she said, my, my, it, was, it wasn't her dad. Her dad wasn't in the picture. It was her stepdad. And she said, I said, what about your stepdad, Martha? And she said, Pastor, I, I, I want my pastor to be my escort. And we were there on the football field. The stadium's packed out. Are you listening to me? The stadium's packed out. And every 10 yards, there's a girl and her daddy and a girl and her daddy. And the girl would, you know, would walk to the center and then they would walk across toward the stadium to the, toward all the people on the home field side and they would tell what that student had accomplished. And when it came my turn, me and Martha, we made it to the middle and they said, Martha Hernandez is escorted by our pastor. Wow, what a blessing. Are you listening to me? Just a little bus kid that got saved by the grace of God. I was blessed. Well, I was all decked out in the suit and tie and everything. I was looking all sharp and everything. And, 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 and you know, she was an honor student and all the different things she had accomplished. You know, it just made me so proud of that little bus kid. Martha went off to Bible college for one year and she met her husband, Jason, and they live in Midland, Texas. Now, every year, Pastor, every year at camp time, we get a check in the mail. $250. This year it was $500. And Martha said, when I was a little girl, somebody sponsored my way to youth camp. And God's been real good to me. And now it's our turn to sponsor some other little kids so they can go to youth camp. Oh yeah, thank God. Thank God for that. There's a spirit, y'all. There's a spirit that goes with what I'm talking about tonight. Are you listening to me? There's a spirit that goes with it. A couple of years ago, it's been a lot of years, and I told the story at our church about Martha, and we have some new people, and they've never seen Martha. Guess who came to town? Martha and her husband, her three little children, and her sister Brenda came that used to ride the blue bus. And I got Martha up, and Martha gave the testimony, and she thanked God for the blue bus. Her mother made me stacks of homemade tortillas. Somebody say amen right there. It don't matter if you're having roast or whatever you're having, tortillas are good. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? They're just good with whatever you're eating. Hey, look at me. Everybody look at me. I'm done. The Bible says this, by this, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples. If, it's conditional, if ye have love one toward another. I love Brother Brooks. I love y'all. I love you, man. I love you, man. God bless you. Oh, yeah. yeah. I just love you all. I love him. just want to live for him. You know, some of y'all got your little side show going on, and, man, it's not going to amount to nothing one day when you stand before God. You're going to wish you'd given him more. 
You're going to wish, by and by when I look on his face, beautiful face, thorn-shadowed face, by and by when I look on his face, I wish I'd given him more. By and by when he holds out his hands, welcoming hands, nail-riven hands, by and by when he holds out his hands, I wish I'd given him more. The Bible says the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. And like Brother Aaron saying tonight, God's been good. He's been good in my life. And I think you'd be good to gather around the altar tonight and just say, thank you, Lord. Lord, moving forward, I want to live for you and love you and serve you. Let's bow our heads. Thank you all for listening. Well, we went into overtime. We always like it when ball games go into overtime. We went into overtime tonight. It's a blessing, amen. The security cameras are on, already rolling outside, amen. Everything's secure in here. We've got our state trooper. But listen, hey, now's the time to do business with God. How many you say, Brother Weedle, I've needed this week in my life. I've needed this week of revival. Sleep your hand up right there. I've just needed this week. It's been a real encouragement, been a help, been a blessing. This week of revival has been a blessing. Raise your hand right there. Amen. God bless you. Father, we love you tonight. If there be one among us, Lord, that's lost, we pray they come and be saved tonight. Lord, if there's somebody here that's backslidden and, Lord, following you far off and, Lord, to help us, Lord, to watch for those, those people that have been taken in a fault. Lord, help us not to kick them. Help us not to condemn them. Help us not to gossip. Help us not to criticize them, Lord. Lord, help us to come alongside and, and Lord, to comfort them and bless them and love them. Lord, try to help them. We can't condone the wrong they've done, but we don't have to kick them while they're down, dear Lord. Everybody's hurting, Lord, and everybody needs to know somebody cares. And, Lord, I'm glad tonight that you care. Does Jesus care? Oh, yes, he cares. Lord, I thank you for caring. Would you come tonight to the old-fashioned altar? Would you come tonight? Folks have already started coming. Piano's playing softly. Would you come tonight? God bless you. Would you come? Would you come? God bless you. Don't wait on you. You can pray.